0: Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to First uh, Corinthians, Chapter Two. Amen. First Corinthians, Chapter Two, and uh, Beginning in verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Sometimes we forget that. We get all concerned about the world, but the Bible actually said this world will come to nothing. Amen? It has an end to it. It has a coming to an end. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, But God has revealed them to us, through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, if you have your, your, in your Bible there, just turn over to chapter 14 just for a moment. Because I want to tie something together. It's not part of our message, but I just want to interject it because of what Paul says right there. First Corinthians chapter 14 and uh, verse 1. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks to God in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, or speaking to God. For no one understand him, however, in the spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. Now Paul said in chapter 2 and verse uh, 7 there, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of the world. And Jesus said when the Holy Spirit would come, that one of of, of the benefits of Him coming is that He would reveal to us and show us things to come. He would reveal hidden things to us. And one of the benefits of being baptized with the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues and praying in the Spirit is that while I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm speaking the mysteries of God. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit brings revelation. He brings understanding to our mind. And you see that God begins to reveal the hidden things from us. Because they're reserved for us, but they're reserved for his people. Amen. Not for the people of this age, as he said, but they're revealed for us to know. So the hidden things of God are available. And many times we forget what a benefit the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Amen. And there's more to praying in tongues than just uh, j- just praying in tongues. In other languages. So there is a great power, a great benefit, and is an amazing asset in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. So tonight I want to talk to you just a little bit, and uh, I went back and, and reworked this message. It's been something stirring in my heart, especially in the day and the hour that we live. We need a bigger, picture of God than what we have. And when I first uh, began to, to, the first time I ministered this message back in 2008 and it came from listening to A.W. Tozer preach. And A.W. Tozer was an amazing pastor and uh, in the 60s and uh, retired in the 60s and many people have read some of his books. But I, I, John Muncy gave me some messages by him and uh, so I, I, I was listening to a bunch of old recorded messages and one he had and he made a statement in there about God and about how Big God was. And I just began to meditate on that. And one thing about being a pastor is that sometimes God gives you a good word, but then because you're preaching to the same people all the time, there's a lot of times I wanted to be an evangelist. When you get to be an evangelist, evangelists get to preach the same message at a different place, get to preach it over and over and over till they get it fully preached. Amen. And so I was teaching Donnie Moore. Donnie comes, he has his binder, he flips through his binder, and you're going, hey, have I preached this here, have I preached that there? I go, brother, you preach everything in every binder you have at our church. Amen. You've been coming to our church for 25 years. We've heard everything you know. Amen. So anyway, but, but in that, that, you get to work it out. and say, man, those are great messages. How do they preach such great messages? Well, they get one or two messages for a whole year. And you really get to develop it and to build it. But many times as a pastor, you don't get to really develop a message or really get it fully proclaimed. And so we think we have to have something fresh every time. But a lot of times there's a truth that we need to hear over and over. Amen? And so in this, this principle that God is bigger than words, And we live in a day that is so constricting and brings so many restraints upon our lives that it's so important that we learn how God's Word comes to set us free. So we just read, look at what it said. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of a man the thing which God has prepared for those who love them. So how many know there's things that God has for you that you haven't conceived yet? The the Word of God declares that God has things for our life that are greater than we will ever be able to conceive in our own eyes or with our eyes or with our understanding. Look at the cover of your outline. I think we all know what it feels like to have limits and restrictions placed upon our life. They can come from many different sources. They come from people. They're due to economics, backgrounds, environments, and perceptions, just to name a few. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) They can become boundaries. That will hem us in and restrict our potential. If we listen to those things, those things will set boundaries upon our lives. And we have to refuse to let that happen. Our life will be determined by our response to those restrictions. How you respond... To those restrictions determine the boundaries that are set for your life. Our actions will either validate them and allow them to contain or restrain our lives on a low level of existence, or we'll determine to break free and purpose to live our lives out to the edge of the boundaries that God has set for us. I mean, God has set boundaries for your life and for my life. God sets a boundaries for our life. Not people, not economic, not not, not uh, perceptions of things. God sets a boundaries for our life. Trust me, you're there in, in 1 Corinthians. Go back to your left a little bit to the book of Acts, chapter 17. And Paul preaching at Mars Hill and... Uh, Begins talking to them. He walks by and he, he's amazed. They have all these statues out there to all the gods. And he comes up on the one little monument there that just says, to the unknown God. So he begins to proclaim the God they don't know. He says, that's the one I want to talk to you about. The God you don't know. Let me tell you about the God you don't know. The unknown God. And so in verse 23, for as I was passing through, considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. I love that. So God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life and breath and all things. Isn't that good? Now look at verse 26. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell upon the face of the earth. And he determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. So all men were ordained by God. We showed up at the right time. Over the years, I've known people who wish they lived in a different time frame. We get people that are stuck in the 50s, people stuck in the 60s. Thank God not too many people are stuck in the 80s. Amen. That was a weird, weird decade. Amen. But anyway, there are people who stuck in a time frame, people who want to live back in cowboy and Indian days and cowboy, and they want to be mountain men, they want to be this, they want to be that, they want to be pioneers and all that stuff. That's good, but you are appointed for this time. Amen. And this is the boundary. This is the time of your life. So in order to break free, we must understand that the only one who can set and define the limits for our lives is the one who created us and assigned our purpose. But yet in order for, this to, for us to grasp the expanse of the potential that God has placed in our life, we must take the limits and restrictions off of God and His Word. Most people, without realizing it, we have restrictions upon God. We, we set limitations upon Him. How I many know you can't contain God? But yet we have we we have thoughts, we have theologies, people have mindset that have God and and make him unable to do a lot of things. He's just restricted and restrained. There's one thing when it comes to ministry, when it comes to 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 the gift of God and and ministering to people, you have no more ministry in people's lives than what they give you. Nobody has more access to your life than, than than what you open up to receive. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so God, in the same way, he has no more access into our life than what I believe he can do in my life. And so there are things that shape the way we think that literally restrict God from being able to operate in our life. And so I thought about this different barriers that get broken. And and the the one main barrier that that uh, comes up is breaking the sound barrier. And uh, we've all been around and hearing that, especially for us growing kids. It's such a novel thing. Now we hear it and we, you know, it's just, it, it just happenstance. That's no big deal. That's somebody flying by breaking the sound barrier like, you know, it's just normal activity. But the first time it happened, it was a big deal. Because we broke, we broke the sound barrier. Man flew faster than the speed of sound. That's amazing. Amen. But... So I put in your outline. On October 14, 1947, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier by flying an aircraft at 35,000 feet in elevation at 660 miles per hour for the first time in level flight. So, not going down, but flying level. And it was kind of weird because it was really just a rocket. He's like strapped in this little rock, and he's underneath the belly of a plane, and he gets up at 35,000 feet, and then they let him go, and he drops down, and he fires that thing off and takes off, and boom, and breaks a sound barrier. And it was really kind of a precarious little thing that he was in, and, uh, but, but he did it. But if you back that up just a little bit, the White Brothers in uh, December 17, 1903, were the first one to actually fly a fixed-wing plane. And so from 1903, man, for all these thousands of years, didn't fly, but then we broke the barrier of flight. Man wanting to fly, we broke that barrier, and we flew. And so something that had been unavailable to us in the natural, man said, we can do this, we could fly. And so man in the natural, I want you to hear this tonight, man in the natural keeps pressing to break through barriers. We break the barrier of flight. We break the sound barrier. And then, we remember in the 60s when President Kennedy said, he said, we will put a man on the moon. And so, in 1947, we broke the sound barrier. But think about this. On July 20th, 1969, 42 years later, or 22 years later, what we do? We put two men on the moon. They literally walked on the moon. We launched people off this earth. We strapped their heinies in a rocket and shot them into space. And they literally, Apollo 11, and people went to the moon and walked on the moon and came home. That's crazy. I mean, no, that's a major barrier. Let me ask you, how much faith does it take to get in a rocket and be shot to the moon and go land on it and then get off? How much faith were those men having just to do natural things? Man does amazing things by faith. What would happen if we had that kind of faith in our walk with God? What if we could take the barriers off just to get to believe God with that same kind of faith that gets men to the moon and back? How <coughs> I many you know where I'm trying to go? And then I looked up something. I started thinking about something. Else. When was the first heart transplant? Think about that. People say, well, I think we, should, we could help people with modern science and with medicine. And so we get people that are having problems. Well, I know what we could do. We could take out a heart out of one person and put it in another person. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We could open your heart. This person is dying. They don't need their heart anymore. And, but they, they have whatever complications. They, they're, they're, they're expiring. And so they're, they're not going to live. Anymore. But they have a good heart. And so we started in organ transplant. And the first successful heart transplant was December 13, 1967. Two years before we went to the moon, there was a successful heart transplant. Why? Because people refused to be hemmed in by barriers. Are you listening to me? People refused to accept the barriers of what couldn't be done. Now that's just man in the natural. We're talking about believing God. And taking God at His word. Think about it. And so when it came to the sound barrier, it didn't end there on July 27, 1976. The SR-71, my father-in-law worked on that. And, and was a part of that crew for several years out at Beale Air Force Base. Uh, it flew at Mach 3. Three times. That. So it wasn't enough. We, we didn't stop at breaking the sound barrier. We kept on going from there. Mach 3 is 2,193.167 miles per hour. Almost 22,000 miles per hour. How many know that's fast? That's fast. Mach 3, three times, over three times the speed of sound. Wow. But this will not be the end of what man does. Amen? That's not the end. Of what we do. We're doing an amazing thing. See, there were those along the way who said it could never be done. There were even those in the beginning who said that man would never fly. Now look at what we do. Man, that's amazing. It's still amazing right now. You get an airplane, you could be in New York before the night's over. Amen. You could be in, in London before tomorrow morning. You could take off right now. Eight hours, you could be in London. Amen. Wow. Think about it. See, I think it's time that we broke free from the naysayers and the skeptics and the doubters who have set limits and boundaries on God and His Word in the church and in our lives. How many would agree? See, faith and courage must speak louder than doubt and unbelief. Trust must be more vocal than the lie. We cannot afford to let those who choose to stay bound to the limits of their unbelief to restrict our flight. Say, what are you doing? What are you building? Amen. How many of you know all those years Noah was building a boat and people laughed at him? He said, why are you building a boat? Because it's going to rain. It's never going to rain, never has rain, never will rain. What are you talking about? What are you building a boat for? And Noah just kept laughing. Hope you can swim. Amen. So don't give in to the name naysayers. Think about it. Come on. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 says that we can mount up on wings like eagles and live to the fullness of God's potential in our lives. Do you agree? We will, we will first have to break through the barriers formed in our lives and our minds about God and His Word in order for that to happen. So my question to you tonight is what barriers have you allowed to be erected in your mind? When it comes to faith, when it comes to believing God, when it comes to receiving the promises of God, what are the restrictions in the barrier? There has to be a place where periodically in our life we're either just going through the most and have to say, wait a minute, we actually should be possessing some things here. We should be receiving some answers. We should be seeing some breakthroughs in our life. Wait a minute. What are the restrictions? And so there's times when you have to go on the offense. Can you say amen? That's what we're after. So what barriers keep you from stepping out in faith to be used by God in a greater measure than ever before? That's one of those areas. When we talk about witnessing to people, talk about leading people to Christ or being used by God for ministry, people give give you reasons why they can't. Those are barriers. Those are restrictions and boundaries that have have hindered us in and then restricted God from being able to work through our life. So in order for those barriers to be broken, we have to be able to see the God who is bigger than words. Good. Praise God. Amen. We have to be able to see the God who is bigger than words. Now think about that. What do I mean by that? God is always bigger than anything He can say. I really need you to hear this tonight. Because he is greater than words. You have to understand that God is greater than words. If, if I said to you, explain God to me, just go get the smartest person, go, go get the smartest believer in the world, not a non believer. Go get the smartest born again person. Rabbi, I, I, I love Ravi Zacharias and that guy's super smart. In apologetics, you listen to the clips of him and people ask him all these questions and he answers back. Guy has some of the best answers and some of the great statements and, and a great apologetic in, in, in apologetics and defending the gospel. But you get him, okay, define God. Explain God. And the only tool we have to do that is words. But how many know God is greater than just words? However you would define him, he's got to be bigger than that definition. Because he is infinite. How many know infinite means without boundaries? Without limit. You, You can't words put a restriction on his size. And so the word of God comes to us in such a way, it tries to get us to take all the restrictions off. So God says things like, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? So he's bigger than words. Words are inadequate to express who God is and what he can do. If words were the complete expression of God in his will, purpose, provision, and plan, then words would be co-equal with God. Now, I know what we say, and we understand. In John 1:1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God, and God and His Word are one. But the Word is an expression of God. Are you with me? All right. Stay clear. Words are the only medium that God has to express Himself to His creation. So God communicates to us and expresses it. How many of you have ever tried to talk to somebody and express, and, and, and you're trying to get out what you want to say, and you just don't have the words to say it? And you're frustrated because they aren't getting what you're trying to say. And, and, and you're just restricted by trying to express how you feel or, or everything about that situation because words are inadequate. Are you with me? So when it comes to how we think about God, and yet we're bombarded with words all the time. And Romans says that faith comes by hearing the Word. Faith comes by hearing, and so the Word ignites faith. But faith believes for the impossible. Are you with me? Faith believes for things that can't be seen and aren't tangible yet, for non-tangible things. So words are the only medium that God has. But he must needs, he has to be greater than the mere expression. God's got to be greater than just the expression of who he is. I'll never forget the first time I heard my pastor teaching and teaching about God. When you have to think about God, listen, Paul said, In him we live and we move and we have our being. So let let, let me put God in perspective for you. Everything you see in the universe, every universe, the gazillion billions and billions and billions of light years that they're telling us how far out the universe goes to the edge that they can perceive it, all of that is in God. Nothing is outside. It's all in Him. In Him. <laughs> yeah. See, your mind, we can't conceive that, but yet we define God. And, and when we do with words, he gets small. But when we make God bigger than words, and we take the limits off and restraints off, then faith gets released. Are you with me? Faith is released in a powerful way. So he is greater than the expression, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, there, the God of exceedingly and abundantly. I don't even know, I don't even know how to wrap our minds around that. Can you even think about that? That God, in him, everything you see is contained in God. Everything. They send those telescopes out, going bazillion. They, 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 haven't, they haven't even got to the edge of God yet. Because <laughs> when you get to the edge, he keeps going. He is infinite. He's an infinite. He is God without end and God without measure. Awesome, awesome. Think about it. See any promise that God ever made, He has to over fulfill. I'm just praying I can get you to over fulfilling faith. Get to over because He, He, by nature, He is bigger than words. So when He says, "I has not seen, ear has not heard," don't just believe for the fulfillment. Believe for the overflow fulfillment believe for the greater than for the more than can comprehended fulfillment are you with me Believe God for the abundance of who He says He is. Why? Because God is so great. His heart is so kind, and His desire is so tremendous towards us that mere language cannot fully express it. When God wants to tell us how much He loves us, He, he tries to show us, but He does it in such abundance. Look what He says to, to the nation. of I'm bringing you out. I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm giving you houses you didn't build. I'm giving you crops you didn't plant. I'm giving you, I'm blessing you beyond what you can even comprehend. That's the way God fulfills His Word to us. Think about it. Everything God has ever expressed in His Word must be understood to be greater than what is expressed. Can you hear that tonight? Whatever God has said in His Word, the reality of it is greater than what you're reading. When He brings it to pass, it'll be greater. People say, well, I think heaven's got... We can't think big enough, finite... The finite mind and and, and man's mind can't comprehend infinite. We can't comprehend something without end, beyond measure. Everything we do is is constrained and confined to measure. And so to think of things outside of that, without measure, beyond boundaries, it's hard for us to to think and it's hard for our brain to work in that realm, in that quantum realm. So everything God has expressed in His Word must be understood to be greater than what is expressed because God is greater than mere language. What's that mean? He's bigger than words. So let your faith be ignited in the greatness of God. See, the fulfillment must be greater than the promise. Let, let, let me, how, how do we do it like this? To Abraham, God says, Hey, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of nations. So what's He tell him to do? He tells him to come out of His tent and look up to the stars. And He says, Now... Count the stars if you can. How many know you can't count the stars? And so God is saying to Abraham, the promise and the fulfillment is bigger than the words. Are you getting this? That the name will be as the sand of the sea. How many pebbles of sand are in the sea? I mean... Do you understand? So when God says things, but something about us always tries to bring God down to a level. And because we live in such a tangible world, it's hard for us to take the restrictions off. But then look at what Jesus does. Jesus comes, and what's He do? He walks on water. He multiplies loaves and fishes. He raises people from the dead. He breaks all of the barriers. And He takes all the limitations. And then He says, He that believes on Me, greater works will He do. And then I love it when preachers say, Well, you know, that means this. It really doesn't mean that we can. It means, And so we we get all the restricted definitions of why God's Word can't be fulfilled. Why it isn't for today, or it was only for a few, or whatever. And so all these disclaimers and restrictions are placed upon God, and then we're just left to our own strength and our own ability. So the fulfillment must be greater than the the promise. This is a fact that must be so because God is greater than words. Think about it. When I hear the word, I have to lift my faith to receive more than what I have seen and heard. Just think about Abraham. Next time you feel like, and you're standing on the promise of God, what is God saying? Abraham, if you can count the stars, that's how I'm going to fulfill my word to you. Millions. Your seed will contain millions and millions. Every nation of the earth will be blessed in you. Amen. And what happened? We get to Galatians chapter 3, and Paul says, you and I are now joint heirs with Abraham. All of you men. And so that multiplication, you have to think quantumly when you think about God. Are you with me? See, too many times we've limited God to the mere expression of His Word. Instead of being able to see Him do exceedingly and abundantly above. We tend to keep the Word in the realm of man. And man is restri- limited and restricted, but God is not. You say, why? Here, here's the hard part. God chose us to preach His Word through men. And then we validate the Word by judging the man. Amen. Who, who, who has their phone on them? Somebody give me a cell phone. Here you go. So, what is it? This is an instrument of communication. All right? Now, it's a miracle that Robin could call me with this. And so her phone calls my phone. And now I'm hearing her voice, but I begin to go, well, that's probably not really Robin. Because <laughs> it's coming through a vehicle. Are you with me? Well, see, the ministry is just a phone that God talks to you through. And many times I find that most of the time with phones, it's operator error. The phone's not the problem. The technology works. The problem with the technology is the person trying to use it. And I found this with the Word of God. The Word of God always works. The problems are usually operator error. <laughs> hey, Ben, If the word's not working, the word's not the problem. Do you understand that? If God's word isn't coming to pass, it isn't because the word is not true. It's because somebody has set boundaries, limitations, restrictions. They've added to, they've taken away. Something has happened to cause the word to be non-effective. Jesus said, you through, the, through your traditions make the word of no effect. Are you with me? So those boundaries, those restrictions get placed upon God's word. So I have to be able to hear the word. But the problem is we keep it in the realm of man. Too many times God is reduced to the level of the messenger who is only a man. And as a man, I have all kinds of faults. I have all kinds of failures. I have personality characteristics, quirks and traits just like you do. But at the same time, I'm just a phone. I'm just a voice. And God chooses to bring His voice and declare His truth through a vessel. But if I ever uh, diminish the word because of the vessel, then the only person losing is myself. Are you with me? I've just set a boundary on what I can receive from God. Something in our faith must be elevated when it comes to the fulfillment of the promise. I have to get the word of God out of the realm of man. John chapter 1, 1, the Word was with God and the Word was God. We have to put the Word in the realm of God. God and His Word are one. So if this is God's Word, then it is limitless, it is boundless. And so it is infinite, so He is bigger than the Word. Are you with me? We just If I get that, something goes off on the inside of me. And so when I'm standing there, I'm trying to believe God, whether it's for healing, whether it's provision, whether it's for salvation, whatever it is, when I take God, wait a minute, God is bigger than His Word, and He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ever ask or think. I can't even, we can't even comprehend the size of our universe, and everything that we can see in our universe is inside of God. I'm serving a great God. I've been redeemed by great grace. I refuse to let limits and restrictions, be placed upon my faith amen Amen. and you break out and you begin to see breakthrough come to pass in your life think about it see the word in the realm of god is beyond any limit or boundary that can be placed there by man's comprehension or lack thereof god's word is greater And God is greater than any boundary man can place upon it. Too many have restricted God to the size of His Word. And it has become a container for the God who can be contained by nothing. Amen. How many know this is a partial revelation? How many know when you read the Word of God, there's blanks in here? There's areas, there's voids in here. Because God only revealed what you need to know to make it. He didn't reveal everything. The disciples asked Jesus when he was about to be taken up to heaven, will you restore the kingdom at this time? Jesus said that is not for you to know. That's not for you to know. That belongs to the Father. That's, not, that's a void, yeah. They're, they're, it's not declared, it's not told when. So there's a void in the word of God concerning the restoring of the kingdom. But everybody's trying to figure out when the kingdom's going to be restored. Everybody's guess. It's it's like <laughs> everybody's just guessing about something we're not supposed to know. He said, "What you're supposed to do is to be a witness. You're, you're supposed to go and tell people about my life." And share the gospel to win souls. You're supposed to be reaping the harvest. You're going to receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit going to come upon you. You're going to be endued with power. And you're going to be witnesses to me. That, that needs to be your focus. But we get pulled off and focus on other things. Are you with me? And we, get focused on, and we get caught up trying to fill the void. So this is not the complete revelation of God. But then you get people who are trying to... And, and, and I'm a word guy. You hear me say it. I'm going to filter everything back through the word. And I want to know that. But when it comes to believing God, I need my God to be bigger than the binding of this book. Right. I need a God who's greater than just His revealed Word. Because I know there are things in God and in here that, that, that are still haven't been revealed. So there's greater things that have yet to be spoken. Right. Amen. And I don't want to know them. I just know they're out there. Right. And so God is greater than even His Word. But man gets down, and we find all kinds of ways to get down, and it's hard. I need a God bigger than what I can hold in my hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and I know it's a little bit shaky in some of this area, people think, but it's good. We need, you have to get your religion kicked in the face every now and then. I don't know if that sounded right. But you you, just, you you have to just be jolted every now and then by something. Wait a minute. What am I thinking about? And what am I doing? Am I, am, am I living in, in, in boundaries and restrictions that God's word never set upon my life? God always calls us to believe for more. Just think about that. Jesus said to his disciples, just think about feeding the all. Jesus has his disciples standing before thousands of people. He says, hey, guys, feed them. We don't have anything to feed them. He knew they didn't have anything. But he's trying to get them out of the boundaries of the natural, into the realm of the reality of life in God. Are you listening to me tonight? Some of you looking at me like a dog in a new pan. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So think about it. Watch this. See, too many have restricted God to the size of His Word. It's become that container for God who can be contained by nothing. So think about it. We can read that God gave them streams in the desert and have a picture of a quiet little stream. Moses brings out two million people. And they get out in the middle of the desert. And they go, we don't have any water. Moses goes to God, God, what are we going to do? God says, You're going to take your rod and you're going to strike that rock and water is going to come out. And they're all going to be nourished. So we get a picture. It's on a little postcard. Streams in the desert. It's this little bubbling, babbling little stream trickling through a little green meadow. No! Oh. No! Moses hit a rock and it looked like the floodgates on Folsom Dam were opened. (laughs) And it was a flow that turned into a lake to feed, to to quench the thirst of two million people and livestock. You're not going to get there in a little stream. Are you listening to me? But we get minds. So when we think, oh, God gives me streams in the desert. No, God gives you a flood in the desert. It was a veritable flood and outflow and overflow and outpouring. Are you listening to me? We drove by, I kept driving by, Folsom. I mean, it was just the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, we were going down to Marysville, and they still had five floodgates open on the dam. At the top, it just tattered down a little bit, and it's still coming out. And then we drove by the other day, and they finally had it closed and holding the lake up there. But, but you just watch it, man, that, and you're looking at all that water going out. That is a lot of water. Hundreds of thousands of gallons an hour. I mean, just thousands and thousands of gallons flowing over there every minute. Ridiculous amount. But that's what God does. We forget there were over 2 million people and their livestock that were refreshed by that stream. We picture Moses striking the rock and some little trickle coming out. It would have been more like a mighty rushing waterfall that produced a lake. Amen. Think about it. We can read that the promise of the Holy Spirit Spirit was for a river of living water to flow out of your innermost being and have that same image of some little trickle of life. Jesus said, out of, he said, of the Holy Spirit, stood up and cried, that in the last day, out of your innermost being will flow rivers. Everybody say rivers. rivers. That's plural. Rivers. He didn't say little streams. He didn't say little babbling brooks. Are you listening to me? He said, mighty rivers of living water will flow out of your innermost being. Rivers, multiple rivers. My goodness. So, we, so the question comes back to you, you. say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? When we read those verses, what do I see? What do I believe? Do I just read by that? Wait a minute. They're supposed to be Rivers. Of living water flowing out of my life. Most of the time I'm going around, my throat is dry, my lips are dry, and my tongue is dry, and I'm just dry, 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 dry. <laughs> We're not supposed to be dry believers. We have rivers of living water to flow out of our lives. Amen? I mean, I'm just throwing out a couple of examples here. Think about it. God promises a veritable Euphrates flowing out of man. We can read in John 10, 10, God's promise for abundant provision in every area of our lives and then settle for a mediocre life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life what? More what? Abundantly. Get that. I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Abundantly. So not just life, not just a better life, but a life more abundantly. Well, I know the Bible says that, but... Think about all the times that people, they, they hear the Word, but then immediately they shrink it down and restrain it. And that we even make God, not bigger, we make God smaller than His Word. Unable to perform His Word. And we have reasons why He doesn't do His Word today. But what happens if just a handful of people... Every great move of God began with a handful of people who got hungry to see the fulfillment of God's Word in a greater way than they had ever seen it before. We can read in Luke ten nineteen. That says that we have power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and then we can walk in fear. People afraid of everything. People afraid of bugs. People afraid of the dark. People afraid of this. I was thinking about this about bugs. I'm quite a bit bigger than most bugs I've seen. When I see a bug bigger than me, I, I might consider something. Amen. <laughs> yeah. hey I've been in South America in different places where cockroaches are as big as a cat. Cock- Amen. That's a meal on wheels. Amen. But you, you look at that. We, we, we were in Honduras, and, and they were running around in the missionary's house. We were staying in Honduras, and they actually had named them. And They're coming out, and they have names for them, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, and stuff like that. That's hilarious. They were big enough. They were household pets. Amen. But I was still, they were still less than the size of my shoe. So if they came over wanting to be petted, they weren't going to survive very long. Amen. So all I'm saying, but but we think about fear. So look, at Jesus (laughs) Jesus said that He gave us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And then we allow ourselves to live in fear. See, some have even held back from receiving Christ as their Savior because it's just words. The gospel is just words. Just words. When in reality, they could know the God who is greater than words. Think about this as I close tonight. Men love to go the original Greek or Hebrew, seeking out to find the full extent of the meaning. I'm going to define the word. I'm going to break the word. I'm going to get down to the root of the word. I'm going to define it and, 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 and just get down to the full meaning of that word. What is that word? And I like doing that. I like searching it out. I did it last week. I gave you a lesson on deception. We went through all the different ways The 51 times deception is used and the encouragement around deception and dealing with all that. But let's just go back to that just about deception. How many know if something is restraining the word of God in our life? How many know that's a deception? And we're being led astray. The word deceived means to lead astray, to cause somebody to wander away or or to stray from the truth. The truth is, God is bigger than anything you can imagine. And God will do greater than any limit you could ever set upon Him. Amen? God refuses to be constrained. He refuses. That's why the most amazing thing, the only thing that contain Him, the only thing that God ever made that could contain Him is you. You understand that? The only thing that contains God is you and me. Nothing else. Just you and me are the containers of God. He doesn't live in building, but in that. So watch. Men love to go to that area. We love all the latest translation. We even have the Amplified Bible to make the Word as loud as possible. But until it's amplified in our hearts and ignited by our faith, God will remain as small as something we hold in our hands. Do you understand that? Until this Word goes off in our hearts, God is no bigger than this. It has to explode in our heart and ignite our faith to believe for the greater things or else God is no bigger than what we hold in our hand. Therefore, the promise will never fully uh, be a reality at the level God intends for it to be in our lives. The expanse of our understanding has to go beyond mere, the mere definition in the Greek. God must become a living reality in our hearts and mind. This can only come out of a true relationship with him. When I get, when you, when you start pressing, you find God always pushing you past your comfort zone. When you start walking with God, God always pushes you past the realm that you're comfortable. He pushes you past your barriers. Are you with me tonight? How many of you have ever found that to be true? God pushes you out past your barriers and your boundaries. said, so get outside of that area and move out there. So that becomes a living reality now. So today could be the day that you allow God to actually be that all he intended you, you, He had intended to be in your life. What do we do? Remove the barriers and the boundaries that have limited God in your life and allow the God who is greater than words to break through in your life. Father, tonight I pray for each and every person. Lord, I know in this day, this hour, this season, you desire to be greater in our lives than you have ever been greater than what we've ever comprehended you to be, greater and accomplished more than what we ever thought you would do. Lord, even when we thought we were walking in the fullness and the greatest strength of our faith, Father, you are the God always of more than than what we can think or even imagine Father tonight help us in breaking free from barriers from boundaries and the restrictions that we placed upon our life and our walk with you cause us to rise up in a new boldness in a new confidence in a new faith cause us to see you as the limitless one you are as the one who has no boundaries has no restraint and is not restricted in any way in our life so Father tonight we're hungry and we're thirsty for the more that is in you we want to see those rivers of living water we want to believe beyond the restrictions and the limitations that have been placed upon our life we want breakthrough and we're hungry and we desire to receive it so father right now would you just stand to your feet right now with me